Friday. Hope you're having a fantastic day. I saw in the chat that a lot of you are hating on Taylor's thumbnail, apparently. <laughs> and I'm getting into it already with y'all, but it's fine. Uh, Taylor came ready to fight, and Taylor's not the only one who came ready to fight because today we're going to be talking about Elon Musk at the Dealbook Summit hosted by the New York Times, where they get together a bunch of elites uh, in their respective fields. It could be anywhere from finance to entrepreneurship to technology. They all get together and they discuss their views on the world, on business, on everything that's happening. And Elon Musk came with the heater on him. He, he was staying strapped at this event because they kept coming after him about having advertisers on X. You all know that once Elon Musk, the very large billionaire, bought the platform X, many advertisers, companies stated, we are no longer going to advertise on the platform. We are taking back our money. We don't want to be here. And for numerous reasons, uh, many said that the platform is not regulated enough when it comes to speech, that they need to start policing people's language to fight against hate speech on the platform. And advertisers did not feel comfortable there. Others are citing that Elon Musk is an anti-Semite based on some recent tweets that he may or may not have put on, on the platform. And that's why they are taking away their money. And he decides to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Bob Iger. We're going to get to that. But first of all, as always, we do have Taylor in Nashville. Hi, Taylor. Hello, everybody. And congratulations on surviving yet another week in clown world. Yes, we're all here. We're, we're duking it out. We're trying to stay alive in the nonsense that is happening today. And with that, let's just get straight into it. And we're going to allow the antagonist to start first. Uh, this is Bob Iger, uh, who we all know is running Disney currently. And Disney is a, a hellscape, an animation hellscape right now, coming out with flop after flop. But yet they still feel the need to throw hands at Elon Musk. So here's Bob Iger doing exactly that. Here's his take on not advertising on X. I mentioned X, and we're going to see Elon Musk in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you stopped advertising on X. We did. Tell us about that decision. Um, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for Elon and what he's accomplished, and not just you know one business, but a few businesses. And we know Elon is larger than life in, in many respects and that his name is very much tied to the companies he either has founded or he owns, whether it's Tesla of, you know, or, or SpaceX, mm -hmm. SpaceX, 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 or now X. Mm -hmm. And by him taking the position that he took in quite a public manner, um, we just felt that the association with that position and, and Elon Musk and X was not necessarily a positive one for us, and we decided we would pull our advertising. And you, we are allowing, we are, we, we are now allowing entities at the company to use X as a platform to communicate. ABC News is a good example of that. ESPN, another. We use it. But you anticipate this is uh, forever? I haven't, uh, I haven't readdressed it since the decision was made. Do you find it a good advertising platform? Um, we reach people on a lot of social media platforms. It's become fairly, in general, social media has become an effective way for us to communicate, whether it's marketing message or otherwise. Uh, specifically, I don't want to be specific about X itself. 
Okay, so you get the gist here. You're getting his sort of like half-assed explanation as to why they're not putting their advertisements on X. And let's be very clear here about the strategy here and what they're trying to do. Disney's acknowledging we are a super huge mega corporation and they feel as though they may have some sway if they pull their advertising on X. What it is in fact happening here is these corporations are trying to control different platforms. And once they find a platform that they cannot control, like X, where your speech is not regulated. You can essentially go on the platform and tweet whatever you want, say whatever you want, open the discussion in any way you see fit. They don't want to have that. They don't want the general public being able to participate in the conversation that way. And therefore, they decide to pull their advertising. And I think what they think they're going to do with this move is sway Elon Musk, sway the executives at the country to move in a direction that is more fit for the Disney narrative. And the Disney narrative is control, much like the narrative of other corporations. So they'll pull their advertising and say, we're not going to give you money anymore because we don't feel safe on your platform. But in reality, what they're saying is, we cannot control your platform. And that's why we'll pull advertisements in hopes of making you change your mind. Yeah, this isn't the first time that uh, advertisers have pulled their money from X or threatened to do so. If you remember when Elon Musk first bought uh, Twitter and then turned it into X, he he did so because of the stranglehold that the corp big tech, that corporate media, that uh, the government and a lot of left-leaning institutions had a total stranglehold over public discourse, over what you were allowed to say, over the approved narrative, whether it's about COVID or race or any number of things. Uh, there is a certain line that must be towed by all the official institutions, and Twitter was one of them. Old Twitter, we've seen from the Twitter files, was completely rife with all kinds of censorship and collusion with the government. And it's that same theme that you just mentioned of control. There was uh, just a lockdown on uh, literally on what you're allowed to speak and uh, what you're allowed to say on Twitter. And Elon Musk broke that stranglehold by purchasing Twitter at great personal expense and loss to himself, um, but did so almost as an act of charity and as an, as an act of defending Western civilization against uh, the loss of free speech and where, where free speech still exists, totalitarianism cannot. And that's why uh, people who still have a vested interest in maintaining the regime, maintaining the stranglehold over what you're allowed to see and what you're allowed to say, uh, do not like Elon Musk and have it out for him. Yeah. And you know this. We It's so interesting that Bob Iger says, you know, like X and Elon just have a message that we cannot support when X is simply a platform that is allowing others to be able to espouse their opinions. Meanwhile, Disney states we want to get out of the culture war. You know, our, our true goal is to entertain and to animate rather than to tell people how to think or engage in these sort of political uh, issues and in discourse. And yet they do it at every single turn, whether or not they want to be honest with you about that or they don't. They are engaged in the culture war. We see it in the films that they put out, the diversity quotas in these films, the LGBTQ messaging in these films. We've even gone as far as to get, you know, behind the scenes footage of Disney executives discussing exactly what they're doing on the front of diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you all uh, can go down memory lane for a little bit here, Disney did this whole campaign called Reimagining Tomorrow. And with that, they had all the executives come together, talk about the different initiatives that they wanted to, you know, institute at Disney. And that involved all of these diversity quotas, the race swapping of the characters, how many trans characters can can we get? How can we get representation for gender theory in our films? So 
despite what they say and what they might uh, show you as their their public image, they are very much pursuing and are active in the culture war when it comes to the products they're producing and this choice to pull their advertising from X. But the cool thing about this event, which nothing scares me more than a whole, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of elites meeting in one room together to discuss their plans. But at least we got one video of Elon Musk coming for his interview after Bob Iger had addressed his decision to pull advertising from X. And of course, Elon had to confront that challenge and talk about his response. And I think we got an unlikely response. Let's watch. And you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That were, this had been said online, there was all of the criticism, there was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go <laughs> fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well let me. Not the hey, Bob. Not hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. <laughs> Savage. Yeah, it really is savage. And before we get to the go F yourself response, which is a very, very important response to this line of questioning, I want to address the general attitude of the interviewer here and his more than shocked, I would say, response to Elon Musk saying, don't give me your money. I don't need your advertising. He goes, what do you mean? Do you really mean you, you don't want advertisers? Like it's somehow this astounding, mind-blowing view to think that somebody doesn't want or need the money from these evil mega corporations on their platform that they use to influence their users. Mind you, corporations like Disney and BlackRock, State Street, whatever, whatever one you want to name, they view you as just a mindless consumer that is ripe for the picking and they'll pick, you know, XYZ platform in order to advertise you and use you as a pawn in whatever game it is that they're playing. You should not be mind blown when somebody says, yeah, F you, I don't want your advertisements on my platform. What do you mean? You don't want more just senseless, mindless ads being shown to your consumer base so that they can just be like little NPCs scrolling through content day in and day out with different messages from different corporations that are just trying to get their money and force them down some sort of political pipeline that will do no good for them. What a shocker that people are starting what I believe to be a revolution against corporations and corporate interests. And for him to be so mind blown that he doesn't want that just is so concerning to me personally. Yeah, the interviewer was absolutely, uh, absolutely speechless at, at the and it's, I guess, would be shocking when you live within a world and operate within a system where you only advance in his corporate world if you toe the line, if you apologize when you make the tiniest misstep, if you pay lip service to all the right things and you celebrate all the things that you're supposed to celebrate. And Elon is just calling BS on that whole movement, on the whole corporate 
corporate oligarchy that all these DEI and everything that's that's going on with the ESGs and just this effort by a small cadre of elites uh, to try to impose their, their one world order or their or mm-hmm. the, just these new ideas or their leftist uh, whatever whatever they're trying to do but they're they're consolidating power and trying to dictate terms of engagement for what kind of speech is allowed uh, and who, who's allowed to speak and what the official narrative is and they're used to when people have money on the line uh, or their career on the line, like we see in Hollywood, like we've talked about lots of actors who are sympathetic to more conservative or freedom leaning messaging, uh, but just choose not to speak because their career will be uh, will be over. But for yeah. someone like Elon Musk, literally the richest person in the world to just be like, you know what, F this whole corporate olig- oligarchy BS, I'm calling it right now. Uh, I'm not going to kowtow to you. I'm not going to bow and kiss your ring and and kiss the ring of the establishment. And look, I'm not I'm not some like Elon Musk fan. I probably sound like it right now, but right. it's just so refreshing to see someone uh, of his influence. It's similar to like what J.K. Rowling did uh, with, with with the trans debate, just standing up for principle instead of just kowtowing and doing what is in their best financial interest, their best PR interest, whatever. They're willing to sacrifice. Like J.K. Rowling said, I, I'll gladly do five years if it means I'm defending free speech, if it means I'm saying what I I believe in like yeah come at me if you don't you can threaten me with jail you can threaten me with boycotts whatever but like I, I don't care this for Elon too. This is about defending civilization and Elon hasn't been perfect. I don't think he's a blameless person. Uh, he's definitely done some questionable things over the years and there's plenty that you can throw at him but um, in the in the macro in a very broad sense. I, you can't help but love to see someone stand up to this oligarchy that we've all been suffering under for years now. Right. And they're so they're so not used to hearing it. And that's the thing. When you hear from some of these different uh, executives and elitists who are going to these conferences, it is astounding the words that come out of their mouth. I'm reminded of the, the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink. There was a video that was released of him at one of these conferences saying, what we do with our companies is we force their behavior. We'll go into a company, we'll buy up you know, a majority, and then we'll tell them what it is that they think and what it is that they feel, and we tell them what political agendas to engage with. And if they don't listen to us, guess what? They have to. We're now the majority owners of this company, or we can sway their their revenue and their profit just with the snap of our fingers. So they're used to people just bowing down and saying, you know, yes, mommy, yes, daddy, (laughs) to these people who are pushing their own agenda for their own benefit. So to hear somebody just say, go fuck yourself, (laughs) is a very powerful thing to hear. And of course, this, this interview clip goes on. So let's watch. Let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about the economics of of X? If 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 part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift. Maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, G- what do you do? F. Why? <laughs> Not letting it go. I, I understand that, but there's a reality too. <laughs> right? And here's something else I want to point out. You know, like, you can be, I think it's a mindset thing. There's a certain type of person who can just reimagine the the system in the way that it is set right now and doesn't feel like they are beholden to the powers that be or the powers that have been so far. And they do envision a future outside of just this 
mindless advertising that we're getting all the time. It is a great question that we all should be asking ourselves. Why are we so beholden to corporate money and corporate advertising? Why is it that everywhere we go, ads are being shoved down our throat. Ads for food, for technology, for our clothing, for medication. You cannot turn a corner in life without being advertised to by some sort of corporate entity. And we've gone way too far with it. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way that I feel about that, but every time I see an ad now, it just disgusts some deeper part of my being. I cannot stand it. And it's happening in every single facet of our world and of our lives right now. You even downloaded, you know, we downloaded streaming services, right? And we thought, oh, it's a great place. We're going to get entertainment media that we can watch and it's not going to have ads on it because we paid, you know, this premium and we pay it every single month. And that means now we can just be entertained without somebody advertising to us. And even so, throughout the films and the movies, you get your product placement and the the <laughs> the characters drinking Coca-Cola to make sure that you see it. But we can deal with that, right? At least we get the storyline. At least we get to laugh or cry or whatever the case may be. Now the streaming services are saying, oh, you can pay extra to us per month. And now we're going to reinstitute ads on here. I'm seeing it on like... Amazon, Disney's has ads on it now, all of these different services because they have all the power and they have a stronghold on the American mind and the American eyes are telling you, we must advertise to you and you now have no other choice so long as we all collectively make this decision together. Are you not frustrated? Are you not over this? Are you not upset? And we have all the power because the reason advertisers want to be in these spaces is because they want your eyes. So we have to stop giving them our eyes. We really do. And it has to be something that we, we agree to in full force or nothing happens. Nothing changes. Viva la revolution. Uh, <laughs> Amal is over here ready to just so <laughs> lead a revolution against the, the corporate oligarch uh, advertising hegemony. Hegemony. We talked before the show about how you pronounce that. I think it's hegemony. Uh, yeah. But yeah, what, what really scares me the most or what's the most annoying now is like having a passing thought about something and then seeing an ad for it like 30 seconds later the next time you open your Instagram feed, the amount of personal information and data that they've extracted or are able to just monitor you. You just feel like you're being watched constantly and every little click that you make, every few seconds that you spend uh, reading an article or just watching any amount of content, they're just using that and to, to try to plug your brain into uh, what they're trying to get you to buy and also to keep you on platforms very as long as possible. And it is really frustrating. And and I get it. Like this is the money makes the world go around. And as long as there's a profit motive, you're going to have uh, advertisers, you're going to need to monetize your products and and all that. But it does seem like we're just, it, it's, it's gone a bridge too far. And I do like the idea in principle of, of making the conscious choice as a consumer to be like, okay, I am going to voluntarily pay for my subscription to this media outlet, to this streaming service or whatever it may be in exchange for you not mining all my data not serving the ads 24 seven. I right. think that that should be a fair shake, but it is tough uh, with what you're saying is that even often we're seeing when you do make that voluntary uh, choice to pay them 
not to show you ads, you still end up getting ads later down the line. But I, I don't know what else can be done, really, unless there's just like a massive widespread cultural pushback against like too many ads in our uh, to being served to our eyeballs. Yeah, dude, I don't know how it happens because they're, the stronghold that they have is so deep, but it really does need to happen. And you're going to see this pattern continue and continue and continue. You're going to be offered another service and the service is going to say we're an ad free service, which is something you can't find anywhere these days. It's an oasis in the middle of this great big desert. And you're going to sign up for this ad free service and go, you know what? In this era of commercialization of literally everything where I'm constantly having my eyeballs sold out from under me, <laughs> I'm going to buy this product. And then as soon as they have millions of people who have bought that product, somebody's going to go, hey, can I advertise on that platform that you have? And they're going to take them up on the offer because that person will be milling, willing to pay millions, if not billions of dollars for your eyeballs. I've never been like more frustrated with advertising than I am now in my life. And I mean, I feel like I sound like a boomer, like they're constantly trying to sell something to us. We can't watch anything straight anymore. But it's, <laughs> it's so real, guys. And it really does irk me. Like for a moment, we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do sponsors on this show. Like at least it'll be like companies that we support. We support the message. I try it. and I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot. There needs to be some space that exists within my life where people are not trying to sell me something and constantly get me to put money here or money there and like sell like snake oil to me. I can't do it, guys. Anyways, we're going to get back to Elon. I'm just going well, real quick. I do. I will just I want to give Amla some credit there because she is uh, a person of her word and does have integrity in that regard. She's not just saying she's sick of advertising and gets the ick from it. Like we have been approached by advertisers and me like we just hey, I packed up my life and and uh, left our, our where we were before and uh, went with Amla and I'm like, OK, let's how are we going to monetize? How are we going to make everything happen? Blah, blah, blah. And we looked at we could be making a lot more money if we were taking these uh, sponsors on. Um, but I actually like the fact that we've stood on that principle. And, you know, I know you guys see some ads on YouTube or whatever when you watch the show and that that does help us survive and live. And we do have the Patreon stuff going on. And that's been great. But um, just wanted you all to know that this this is uh, Amala means it when she says it. And I can personally attest to that. Y'all, dude, if y'all if y'all see me read an ad to you. Know that part of my soul is leaving with that ad. Just, just letting you know right now. I'm going to be so for real with you guys. Uh, anyways, okay, let's go with Elon. <laughs> yes. No, no. I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino is right here, and she's got to sell advertising. I, I, absolutely. So, um, no, no, totally. So, so no, no, actually, what, what this advertising boycott is, uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company. And do you think that the company... And the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company. And we will document it in great detail. But there are, those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say, they're going to say, we didn't kill the company. Oh, yeah. They're going to say. Tell it to, tell it to Earth. But they're going to say, that, they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform, right? That's, that's and, what and they're let, going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. So me, okay, this, then this goes back to we'll the... We'll both make our cases, right? and we'll see what the outcome is. I love this response, and it's a response that I think people are not prepared for, that, you know, if this happens and if my company is brought down because advertisers refuse to be on the same space as me or in the same space as free speech, 
that is the fault of the advertisers and their wicked view towards human the human mind and human consumption. And if it ruins Twitter or X, so be it. The world will know that it is because the CEOs of these major corporations cannot handle you being able to have free speech. Now, does that come at a loss for the general public and that we can no longer engage in civil discourse or, you know, uncivil discourse on a platform that is X? Yeah, that's a massive loss. But at least now you have somewhere to look as to why that happened. And, you know, we all hope that the reverse is actually what takes place, that Disney takes a stance like this and then, you know, masses of people start to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions or say, I'm no longer going to go watch the newest Disney film when it comes out. We hope that that is the case and, and what happens moving forward here. But we have to also live in the reality that these corporations have a ton of power. And if they can network with one another and say we are all collectively going to disassociate ourselves from a platform like X, there is a strong possibility that if the public does not mobilize to save the platform, that it will be gone. But at least we will have on the record historically that this happened because advertisers could not handle you their consumer being able to have free speech. And if that is not like a slap in the face to every single person who patronizes Disney, I don't know what is. I don't know how much more you need to, you know, wake up. It is quite literally like being in a relationship with an abusive boyfriend who every week hits you and it escalates and it escalates and it escalates and they look you dead in the face and they say, well, well I know you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to come crawling right back to me because I have a stronghold on everything in your life and on your attention, on everything that you watch. And then you go, oh, yeah, well, I guess I am going to go back to I guess I am going to go back to that boyfriend. I guess I am going to stay there until one day it goes too far. And we all know what that means. And if we can't see the connection there between what that's going to do to our attention spans, to our minds, we can watch as the general public is rotting away. We are all becoming like little mindless drones at the request of these corporations who just view you as like somebody to farm money from. So how many more slaps in the face do you need from this abusive boyfriend to wake up and say, oh, we're not dating anymore? We're done. Just let me know. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is over. It is over. You need to just call it quits. We need to say, okay, you know, I'm never going to come back. We're, we're ghosting. We're, we're going full block. We're deleting the contact information <laughs> and we're not going back. What are the economics of that for you? I mean, you, you have enormous resources, so you can actually keep this company going for a very long time. Would you keep it going for a long time if there was no advertising? I mean, if the company fails, because of an advertised boycott, it will fail because of an advertised boycott. And that will be what bankrupted the company, and that's what everybody on Earth will know. But what do you think, then, of the... I guess this goes back to the idea of trust, though. Then it'll be gone. And it'll be gone because of an advertised boycott. But but you recognize that some of those people are going to say that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. And I I just wonder and ask you, and think about that for a second. Tell it to the judge. But the, but the judge is going to be... Uh, the judge is the public. And you think that the public is going to say that, that Disney is making a mistake? Yes. And they're going to boycott Disney? They already are. Well, there, there are some that are for, for, for lots of different reasons. But you think that this is going to... That you have the... This goes to actually the interesting of, 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 of power saying, and leverage. Let the chips fall. Okay. 
I, unfortunately, Elon uh, interrupted the interviewer when he was making a very, I believe, evil point that he was about to make. <laughs> he was going to turn that question around on Elon and ask him, I think, do you think you really have enough power and leverage to sway public opinion in this way that they start to boycott Disney or, or Disney Plus in response to what's happening right now? Which is not the question you should be asking Elon Musk. You should be asking Bob Iger. You should be asking Larry Fink. You should be asking the CEOs of all these major corporations do you really think that you have the power and leverage to destroy companies that the public is actively telling you we want and we want to engage with simply because you have such a stronghold on the American economy? That's who should be, you know, having to grapple with that question and respond. And they don't because if they did respond to that question and respond to it honestly, you would see just how evil they actually are. I mean, these people are getting together and having meetings about essentially how they can sell off parts of your soul. I want to make that abundantly clear. But they're never being asked, you know, what is your view on the power and the leverage that you have in today's current economy? Instead, you're asking Elon, the guy who spent tens of billions of dollars on the platform X in order to reinvigorate it and save a space for people to actually have discussions. You're asking him about the power and the leverage that he has, make it make sense. This does seem to be like a moment where, people, you know, Elon can only do so much and he probably is going to have the full weight of uh, these corporations and these this establishment or whatever uh, trying to come down on him and take him down. But at least he's opening the door to allow everyday people like you and me to kind of vote with our wallet and vote with our actions and put the ball in the court of real life people just to, to take back uh take back the, the the world take back freedom of speech take back uh just the the landscape for uh for our for freedom and mm -hmm. uh it's it's incumbent on not just people like uh elon but on people like us to carry that torch as well and to do something about it. And we can by fighting back against Disney, by doing things that he's talking about. Yep. You have to just take the strong stance on this and, and move forward and say, this is what we're going to do. Where they may. Let the chips fall where they may. Can I ask what, why that is the approach? And I, I ask it because you've been What's very... What's the other approach? Well, you've been very particular about the, I mean, the approach to Tesla. Uh, when you think about the engineering involved in that, the approach to SpaceX the approach to um, some of the stuff you're doing with, with AI has been very specific, right? There's not a let, let the chips fall where they may approach to those businesses, I don't think. No, we focus on making the best products. And, and, and Tesla's gotten to where it's gotten with no advertising at all. I understand that. Tesla currently sells two, twice as much uh, in terms of electric vehicles as the rest of electric car makers in, in the United States combined. Tesla has done more to help the environment than uh, all other companies combined. It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. How do you feel about that? No, I, no how do I feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking you personally how you feel about that, because this goes, we're talking about power and influence and... I'm and saying, I'm saying what, I, what, what I care about is the, the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck them. Okay? That last part is so 
vital. There is a difference between the perception of doing good and actually doing good. And all of these other companies that are telling you how to think, feel, what to buy, what jab to get, all this other stuff, they are worried about the perception of looking good. They are worried about virtue signaling. They're not worried about the actual effect that it has on our communities and on our lives, which is just evidenced by how utterly clown world the world is right now they don't really care about you know what what is best for you in your life they care that when you think disney you think good people when you think disney you think making a stand even though they're not actually making a stand and they're not actually doing anything good in, in fact they're doing quite literally the opposite for each and every one of our lives so that's why we have to ask ourselves when you see the media and all these different entities come after somebody so hard to try to paint them in such a negative light. Why is it that they're doing that? What lies underneath that message and what's truly going on behind the scenes? And more important than that, we have to acknowledge that there are large groups of elites in this country and worldwide that view us as puppets and pawns that they can use and get our money and, you know, force us to think certain things or to buy certain things. And we have to start looking up and going like, okay, where are my strings? Where do they exist? And how do I cut them? Because I can guarantee you that they do exist. We just have to be able to find them. And they're trying so hard to hide them every single day to not make you aware of what's happening behind the scenes. But I think more and more People are waking up and realizing that it is, is within our best interest to separate from these people. So if Disney wants to pull their advertising good, they're doing the work for you. They're breaking up with you. <laughs> and let them walk out the door. Allow them to do that and see what comes in its place. And maybe it's a company or, or even a corporation that actually supports the message of free speech and open dialogue. And that's what you can only hope for. So we're going to move on here. Uh, as of course, in response to this, many are boycotting Disney and they're deleting their Disney Plus subscriptions and, and canceling them. And I hope that that happens in very large numbers as it's very clear where they stand as a company. And mind you, they have every right to pull their advertising from X if that is what they want to do as a company. And that's what they've decided. I'm not saying that they should be forced to advertise on there or anything, uh, you know, of that nature. But... Mind you, they're telling you exactly how they feel about you. They're telling you exactly how they feel about your speech. So you should respond accordingly. Walmart is also another company that has decided to pull their advertising from X. So maybe we respond accordingly. And if you look above these corporations at who owns them, you will most likely find the same like three characters every single time. So respond accordingly. And it's not it's not easy these days because they literally own everything, right? If you go to a grocery store and try to block out all of the things that are owned by like BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, you're left with a handful of products. But maybe we should do our due diligence in supporting those handful of products to truly make a statement here and say, you know what? We are done. And it's going to be a long road. It's going to be a hard road to subscribe ourselves to this mission of not giving an F about their advertising anymore and not wanting their presence in our lives anymore, but it's a road worth traveling, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now with that, we're gonna cover a few little things that have gone viral this week. Uh, Jimmy Fallon is getting some heat on the internet and I'm gonna show you this clip and you figure out if you can deduce why he's getting such heat. You all know the actor, actress, I guess we should say now, Hunter Schaefer, 
for those of you who don't, Hunter Schaefer is a trans woman, uh, most known for her slash his role in Euphoria as Jules, for those of you who watch that HBO show, and most recently in The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes as Tigress. Y'all know I love The Hunger Games. You know I love the book, the franchise. I did go and watch the movie. I thought Hunter Schaefer did an okay job in the film. Nothing uh, notable, but there we go. Would I prefer the role have been given to a biological female? Of course. Uh, you know that I will hold that stance strongly on this show. But I digress. It was given to Hunter Schaefer. Anyways, Hunter Schaefer was recently in an interview with Jimmy Fallon where this clip took place. Kid. Oh, well, I mean, for Halloween, I, I was obsessed with how the Capitol people were in costumes and I made my own costume. What? Oh, bud. I know. This is unbelievable. This is really cool. Yeah, I think now I was, you're in Hunger Games. I know, as a capital. As a capital person. person. It's crazy. It's really, it's it, yeah, crazy. Look at you. Yeah. Congratulations, bud. Come Actually, on, is that kind of like not too far off from me? Not bad. Yeah. Uh, tell me who you played. Tell me who you played. Uh, wait, wait. Okay. Can you guys figure out what was wrong with that clip? Can anybody get down to the bottom of it? Because Drop it in the chat if you can <laughs> yeah, see it. If you can figure it out, let me know in the chat down below. Just to preface, this got 2.2 million views. So this was circulating everywhere, not just on X, but you know, on Instagram, YouTube. People had many things to say. I see Amir Rhodes uh, put it in the chat first. Bud, bud, good job, bud. That was what precipitated people being so upset. They're calling Jimmy Fallon transphobic for having referred to Hunter Schaefer as Bud, which I had to sit back and think about it. I'm like, okay, I guess Bud is a word typically used for like a young boy. So maybe somebody could view that. I guess that's like the the equivalent of like a trans microaggression, microaggression, I guess, to say bud, oh because- <laughs> Why did you have to say that? I've never heard that term before and now yes. it's gonna live with me forever. So yeah, <laughs> microaggressions exist on all the different, uh, you know, levels of intersectionality, including gender. So many were saying that while he didn't directly misgender Hunter Schaefer and throughout the interview refers to her as her and she, that by saying bud, that was a trans microaggression guys i can't mm. i just can't deal with it we can get over it's, it i mean even if that's the case like clearly we know jimmy is on board to sing whatever song his corporate overlords tell him to sing and we know he's he obviously has absolutely no issues with trans people is that doesn't have a hateful bone in his body and especially with regard to the the lgbtq community i'm sure there's hundreds of episodes that can testify to that fact. So this was clearly like an innocuous thing that happened. And also in the course of normal conversation, like you you call me dude, I call you dude sometimes when we're like brainstorming things and we have yeah. a good idea. Oh dude, what if we did this? Is that a microaggression because you're a woman? Like, no, you, why do we have to be extra hypersensitive uh, when it comes to trans people? I completely agree. Like these words are used in so many different ways. Like I'll, you can call anybody a bud. I know people who call a little girl's bud or you know, women bud. I call people dude and man when I'm by no way, shape or form talking to a dude or man. So it's totally, like we need to really, really chill. And if this is the evidence that you're finding for transphobia in society, maybe we're doing okay. Because as Taylor said, Jimmy Fallon is a leftist. We know that. There's no question about what what like line he's gonna toe when it comes to ideology. So to be upset about this is just 
wild to me. It's really just picking. It's nitpicking at this point. It really is. Man, I can't believe this, bro. I just can't believe it. <laughs> bro, I can't. <laughs> I just can't take it. Now, in, in other news, I want to talk about this just really briefly because I thought this was an interesting thing that happened. And it is also in relation to Hunter Schaefer. Hunter Schaefer posted this on, uh, I think, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. And it was some sort of like journal entry that Hunter was writing about gender, gender and how she views different identities about being like straight, being gay, being a straight woman, being a gay woman, all these different things. And people were getting pissed, I guess, across the board about the way that Hunter was talking about gender. But I want to talk about the caption on this specifically. We're not going to get into the weeds about all of the stuff that's written in this journal, because quite frankly, it's hard to read and it's hard to understand. But the caption here says, things I have been thinking about slash maps I have made slash my work bridging 2017 and 2018. Thinking about how we are supposed to know, oh, thinking about how we are supposed to know if dysphoria is real when we are actually just products of our environments, which are all infected by transmisogyny, racism, binaries, ableism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thinking about if I could have found beauty in my body had I let it proceed in its natural progression, transitioning internally instead of externally. What it, what it is to pass. So... If you look through all the leftist language here about like ableism and racism and trans misogyny and binaries, et cetera, that's written here, I think there is a message that got lost that I think we should have heard, especially from somebody like Hunter Schaefer, who is such a large figure within the trans community. And it's unfortunate that I believe she got so many comments on this Instagram post that were negative that uh, she ended up deleting the Instagram post. But the two things that stood out to me is this part, thinking about how we are supposed to know if dysphoria is real when we are actually just products of our environment. It's a great question, and it's a question that conservatives and people who disagree with, you know, this whole trans agenda have been asking ourselves. So when you hear it from somebody who's actually going through a trans experience, you should platform that and allow them to explore that, even if they're doing it through the lens of leftism with the ableism and trans misogyny and everything else. Another sentence that is really profound and important, she writes, thinking about if I could have found beauty in my body had I let it proceed in its natural progression, transitioning internally instead of externally. Guys, that's a, that's a win for somebody to be asking that question. Should I have just allowed my body to progress in its natural form, to be who I was born, uh, was born as? And then if I had questions about gender or was experiencing gender dysphoria, deal with that internally as an individual and think about that with my mind rather than with these physical changes, rather than changing my pronouns, rather than telling the world that they need to refer to me as X, Y, and Z, or telling the world that I am in fact a woman just like uh, any other biological woman. These are important questions to be asking. And instead, people went and took some small excerpts out of the journal writings that were written here and tried to paint Hunter Schaefer in a negative light for posting this on Instagram, so much so that she went on to delete the post, which does not make sense to me. I think sometimes we can be so blinded by our ideology that we refuse to like put the guns down for a second 
to read what is being written right in front of us and to platform people who are going through an internal struggle. Whether you believe it or not, Hunter Schaefer struggles internally with identity. And that's very clear based on the writings that you see here. It's very clear based on the caption. And if a trans person is asking themselves, what if I didn't transition? Would I have been better off? Could I have found a way to accept myself in my own natural beauty and in my own natural form? You should allow them to healthily explore that. And it just devastates me that there were so many negative comments on this post and people taking things out of context that Hunter decided to delete it. Because now what do you do for exploration on the topic? Yeah, if you're not allowed to honestly explore your identity when you decide to enter into this community, then there's something clearly wrong with the community and the ideology around it. And I think that that's really what the reaction to this post kind of betrays is it, it, it has the air of somebody who is in a closed system of thinking uh, that hasn't allowed them to really explore their their thoughts and explore their feelings, honestly, uh, who's asking themselves honest questions. And then for that to be received in a way that's like, you shouldn't be doing this, it, it betrays a certain level of dogma that is in, inherent in this ideology and in this community. And if you're really interested in in helping someone accept themselves and discover who they are, first of all, the dogma says you have to change your body before you can accept yourself. And, and so your self-acceptance is conditional on something like that. That doesn't seem to be a very uh, healthy way to process it. And this this kind of vulnerability, this kind of, of self-exploration should be encouraged, right? This is an individual person and a celebrity, no less, who's kind of crying out, not so, not so much crying out for help, but just taking down the, the mask and being vulnerable and saying, hey, here's some thoughts I've had about myself and about my identity over the years. And that should be met with uh, just affirmation and acceptance and, and validation um, in their value as a person. Hey, we accept you, whatever you're going through, like you have value despite that. But it just, again, it just, if you're if you're thinking along the lines of uh, this is the accepted ideas, these are the accepted narratives, this is the accepted way to identify or whatever it is, and you you get a hint that oh this person's violating the the right way to think, it it feels you know like I used to be part of a of a more radical kind of religious community, and it and it gives that same energy of like don't question the dogma in any way or else you're going to be shamed, you're going to be excommunicated, and that that does doesn't help for uh, someone to have an honest faith and it doesn't help to have someone have an honest sense of self and identity if that's the area that they're struggling in. Yeah. And I read this post like I, I went I went into like tried to read through some of the journal entries that were, were written here. And of course, there were some alarming things written and I'll show you uh, some of the things that were written. This was posted, by the way, by men posting Fs, which, of course, is like, oh, look, it's a man posting their fail, blah, blah, blah. It just irks me because this was somebody who I think in posting this journal entry on the internet with the caption was trying to reach out and say, here's how I was feeling. Here's what led me to the decision. Now I'm at a space right now where I'm a famous trans person and I'm asking myself, did I really need to transition? And some of these things were alarming. Like it, you'll read here, it says, my gender was influenced by a need to be used by men. That's the first quote. Think about that, first of all, because Hunter Schaefer decided to transition as a child, as a child, meaning a little boy. And the quote is, my gender was influenced by a need to be used by men. Why would somebody who's a little child write that? 
and think that their gender is a need to be used by men. It says here, my sexual orientation was not gay. It was not straight. It was an attraction. It's an attraction always to misogyny. Now, you can go back and forth about misogyny and the leftist viewpoint that this is written in, but why is a little boy concerning themselves with these things? There's another one that says, not feeling fem enough without being a victim of rape. What? The other one says, the idea of being eaten used to arouse me. Mind you, this is a young boy who transitioned. If you were a therapist hearing this, you would not go, oh, that's disgusting. We need to post this publicly. This is an, this is an L. You need, to, you need to be outed online for this. You would be concerned hearing this sort of rhetoric, this sort of language, this sort of view towards sexuality coming from somebody who is expressing gender dysphoria. And instead of having the discussion and going, this is deeply concerning and maybe points to a pattern within the trans community, it was posted on men posting their Fs without the actual question that Hunter asks of should I have transitioned in the first place? So if you dislike transness so much that you're not even willing to discuss the discuss a trans person who's coming forward and saying, here was my thinking behind transitioning, here was my twisted view towards sexuality, did I make the right decision, then you are not guided by the principle of actually trying to help people see their way out of this and to see their way out of the confusion. And you probably should do some self-inventory on why you feel that way, because this, by every marker in my imagination, was somebody reaching out for help. And it ended in the worst possible way, which is the internet dogpiling on you and then you being forced to delete it. Now, of course, you don't go to the internet for help and we can all acknowledge that. And we live in a weird world where people are posting very, very vulnerable things that maybe should not be on the internet and maybe should be in the space of a therapist online. But still, it is an indictment on the people who saw somebody reaching out for help and went, ew, you're so gross for thinking that way without having the full context of the situation. And it's very sad. Yeah, it's just a good gut check that these these uh, battles or these discussions, I should say, really get politicized, and then it people engage with any sort of uh, any sort of idea or conversation around uh, issues like trans just from a political battle perspective, and you can end up dehumanizing the people that are actually at the core of them and that are struggling with it. And what that can do is. A, not only lose you the political battle because you're just further entrenching and radicalizing the other people who now feel threatened and they're going into defense mode and not in let's reason and come to a logical conclusion or let's actually work out the issues at hand. They're going into, oh, I just got to fight and I got to I got to find my allies and we're going to, you know, uh, get get our tribe against your tribe. And, and, mm -hmm. and then we never actually get down to the human side of it, which is you're struggling, man. Let's talk about it. And, and the, the, for someone like Hunter to again, kind of open up a little bit and then it be received in this way. It's just that the atmosphere that we live in, the air is so charged politically that even when someone tries to have an honest conversation and be vulnerable uh, about it, it's, it, it, it falls flat. And that's really unfortunate. It should be something that it brings up legitimate conversation and, and is met with a very human uh human response and with compassion. And unfortunately, that's just not what we saw. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get into super chats now, but it's uh, like we, anybody who really wants to make change on this topic really took an L here because how often do you get one of the biggest trans celebrities to ever exist coming forward and questioning whether or not it was the right decision to transition? I, I doubt that you will really have that happen again in, in the near future. And it was just completely glossed over because there were some 
weird things that were said in in the journal entry. What an L, guys. Anyways. Alas. We all took an L on that one. We took an L. Uh, All right. Uh, Starting on Super Chats today, Daniel Santana has become pole position number one like a lot of people take pride in being the number one commenter on videos he's the number one super chatter (laughs) almost like every friday i think it is first so shout out to (laughs) daniel santana before we said a word just said happy friday happy friday we appreciate that daniel uh big iron says i listen to your videos at work all the time love the commentary oh thank you so much i I love when you guys are listening at work we hope we are uh evening out your work day a little bit that you're hopefully getting a little bit of entertainment in the midst of everything and still being productive right yeah. not uh, what do they call it like uh oh gosh it's like stealing but you're not like physically stealing oh anything. i forget like what time it's called stealing, yeah time, time, time. <laughs> uh, I think that was yeah hopefully we're too. keeping you productive <laughs> um i'm like that like i'm like a doodler like i can listen better when i'm like doing something with my hands yeah. and so maybe i'm just going to tell myself that you're working better <laughs> at your job because you're you're listening to something. Uh, RP Awareness Month says, "Hey there, gang! I don't normally drop f f bombs myself, right, Taylor? LOL. But I support Musk dropping it here. Are you guys going to review Lady Ballers? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I I might check it out. I saw it. I'm like, uh, it seems like a good premise. I immediately sent the trailer to John and was like, oh yeah, I'm glad somebody hopped on this idea for a film because it just had to be done. Uh, but yeah, I don't spend much of my time like watching." tv or movies for the most part i'm I'm not gonna lie i'm scared it's gonna be corny but like i'm still glad they're doing it yeah and i'm gonna i'm totally willing to give it a shot and i'm sure i'm gonna laugh and it's it's something about being able to watch media that doesn't have an agenda or that you're not worried that's going to have an agenda where that inevitable like forced diversity is going to slide in or right. girl boss is going to slide in it's just like knowing that you're not gonna have any of that anywhere i'm like okay yeah, yeah let's just throw it on and see what happens man so yeah I hope uh, it's i'm good. a little worried it's gonna be cringe but i don't I don't know. It reminds me of like a cornball version of Dodgeball uh, with Vince Vaughn and Justin Long, which I loved that movie. So we'll see. Maybe maybe it's like that. Uh, Reddit's ex Defender says both me and Elon suffer from conscious Tourette's. We just like saying offensive things because we think it's funny. (laughs) I guess so. We know you do. Is that the excuse? (laughs) Yeah, we know you do. (laughs) That's a fact. But we appreciate you most of the time. I think we had to censor one of yours this week because it was a little little That's over true. the line. But we're still glad you're here. Uh, Cameron Campbell says, in countries like Ireland, ma- making restrict your speech through laws. Uh, in America, we have free speech so they can control us through companies and blackmail. Boycott and speak up. We need to say no. Yeah, it's now like it's weird because I have like grapple with this idea. Do we even have free speech anymore? Or is it just like this illusion of of having free speech? Because now there's a ton of things that happen to you if you say the wrong thing. And maybe we never had it. Maybe we're at a time now where it's just worse than it ever was before. But I'm like, do we even have it anymore? We have like maybe these small oases of of fresh of free speech that we can use and, and go to, but is that is that the right plural for oasis? I don't know if that's correct. Oasis, I think <laughs> that's right. Okay, it felt right. I was actively thinking it through as I said it. But anyways, yeah, we we do have them, and yeah, I just wonder how long they're gonna last. Yeah, I've been following the the Ireland stuff. It's pretty crazy. But Conor McGregor, my boy, he's apologizing to absolutely nobody, and uh, oh, really <laughs> yeah. speaking some facts into their crazy. <laughs> political environment i can't right stand now. conor mcgregor but we'll you can't stand it. him i cannot stand conor mcgregor just like oh, the whole arrogant shtick or oh, is it his, his whole thing i did? cannot his whole his whole his whole way of being i cannot stand 
he he's on a redemption arc for me. He had me like with the peak of his career. I was like, oh yeah, this guy's awesome. I dressed up like him for Halloween, the whole the whole thing. <laughs> and then he did the like the Khabib thing, and it was kind of like you lost, but you're still trying to stay relevant. Uh-huh. And it was kind of just downhill from there. But he's being pretty based yeah. uh, with this Ireland stuff where maybe it counts. And- maybe it's because I like Nate Diaz, and I'm just like. I just picture Nate Diaz owning him every time I think of Conor McGregor and his attitude. Oh I don't like his attitude. You and your trainer playing touch butt in the park. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're laughing. It's oh, oh. good. It's good. Uh, Jimmy Mape says, love your channel, but isn't your income based on advertising and super chats? Keep up the good work. Yes, it is. We are, Our only revenue is from YouTube ads and when you guys watch the video. But we do try to keep away from giving sponsored ad reads to you guys. And, you know, one day maybe we can figure out how to do completely adless sponsorless uh work that is a goal for me if if i've ever had one but unfortunately it doesn't exist at the moment so it's something that we have to work through and i think when that interviewer said you know he did say one good thing in that interview with elon musk he says like that is the way that the system is and maybe you're advocating that we reimagine the system i'm 100 advocating that we reimagine the system because the fact that you cannot exist or you know stay afloat without these advertisers that are given to you by these these larger entities is a damn shame, especially when you have people like uh, being monetized left and right. We heard, you know, Fresh and Fit gets demonetized. Pearl gets demonetized. I don't like either of their channels, but Russell. Yeah. Russell Brand getting demonetized. Absolutely insane. I and I do like Russell Brand's channel to see the amount of power that these people have over your platform and what you can and cannot say really does disgust me. So, you know, our our goal as a show is to move in a different direction. And we're going to finish giving you this answer. But first, let me talk to you about Athletic Greens, the greatest <laughs> AG1. insurance for you nutrition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's not happening. Yeah, We're working on uh, uh, merch or at least Amala has been in the background, still trying to get yep. that out. Not merch, fashion. Line, clothing line right? yeah there you go that's clothing what it is line. stop merch it's yeah, clothing cool. line it's a brand it's a message that we're gonna bring to you guys but that's the thing it's like okay so you you have to exist in the space in a certain way to to stay afloat but i think you should actively work towards ways that you are not beholden to these people anymore like if we lose youtube ad revenue it's lights out ladies and gentlemen like that's <laughs> that's just the reality and they know that that is the reality for people who are doing this and that's the power that they hold. So how do we transition out of that and how do we do so in a way that doesn't feel like you're you're selling parts of yourself? And it's a it's a huge question and a question that I think more people should be working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's it's not wanting to compromise on who you are, who we are, but also we we respect you guys. We respect the hell out of the audience. And mm-hmm. like we don't we value your time and we don't want to be, you know, pitching you guys snake oil because we respect you. So um, and not, not, nothing against people who are doing ads. And like there are, I'm sure, ways we could collaborate with brands and make things that are mutually beneficial. But uh, I'm with Ambula that we need to reimagine yeah. the future. Uh, instead of Klaus Schwab's version, we'll make our own. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Kelly A just sends a, what kind of emoji is this? It looks like a little 
Oh, it's just a little man saying hello or something. So thank you, Kelly. Oh, appreciate it. For the emoji chat. Hello. Uh, Celtic Blacksmith says people with pure intentions are the kryptonite to the left wing leaders and influencers. They can't be bought. And that confuses and scares the left. Yeah. And so often it sucks because they just get crushed. Like the system does work like in its way. And if you're not somebody like Elon who has this like abundance of wealth and assets, Sometimes you do you just get crushed like a bug and then they move on and uh, the train keeps keeps rolling, you know, and uh, there there has to be such a large shift that you stop the train itself. And when that happens, I don't know how that happens. I don't know. So we'll see. IQ says Tropic Thunder said you went full. Can I say this? He's yeah, quoting a movie. Tropic Thunder said you went full retard. Never go full retard. Uh, I say you went full liberal. Never go full liberal. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You can't say that anymore. Uh, and that was such a big thing with Tropic Thunder. Oh, my gosh. People were like saying that all the time. Uh, not advocating that we like bring the R word back or anything. But there just was a time where that was not as taboo as it is now. No, no, indeed. No, and indeed. I might agree with you on the on, but like leftists. I yeah, think it's never go full leftist. Yeah, right. Uh, Kenichi says, my girlfriend Spotify rap says she listened to 9,048 minutes of your podcast and that she's a top 0.5% fan. Needless to say, Love you guys that. do amazing work and hope more people learn to have the same level-headed convos you all have. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah, I saw you guys tagging me in your Spotify rap, which I love like looking at and just being able to connect with the people who watch the show. So thank you guys so much for supporting the show on Spotify. That is an extra platform where you can listen and watch uh, at your leisure. So we do we do post all of our videos on there as well if you haven't been on uh, on Spotify for our podcast. On that note, Amala, Spotify wrap, top five. Who'd you have? Oh, gosh. Let me, I screenshotted it. It's somewhere. Hold on. <laughs> uh, let me see. I can give you a second. I, I told Amala, mine got messed up because I have this playlist. It's called Nordic Chill on Spotify. And uh -huh. it's like this weird, like, chill, lo-fi meets, like, I don't know, ancient sounding stuff. But uh, it, I was listening to it to, to sleep to sometimes oh, yeah. like I was so trying to like... fall asleep and I fell asleep to it too many times where I just played on repeat. And so my whole like top songs were just from this playlist and I can't even name one of the songs <laughs> and really don't even know them. Uh... So my Spotify rap got totally ruined this year. But my two through five were uh, Akira the Dawn, who I've told you all about a few times, Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, who are always on there. And then Iration which is like a, you know, Cali reggae style band. Oh, so nice. Yeah. I saw that Spotify does have a feature where you can like mute it, taking in the data for Spotify rap. So if you are trying to like go to sleep to something, you can turn it off just so you guys know. My top artists are SZA, the 1975, Doja Cat, Pink Pantheress, and Kendrick Lamar. So I was happy with my happy with my wrapped uh this this year uh, last year was a little embarrassing uh but uh this year we're was on there last coming year? out on top i think it's like ariana grande was my number one artist which is fine oh, funny. but not after the whole spongebob controversy we don't we don't vibe with no, her Lord. anymore after that even though her music is still good but yeah if you guys have a spotify rap let us know in the chat yeah drop them down below artists were and yeah. and your best 1975 joke just kidding <laughs> Uh, Cameron Campbell says, uh, let the history books tell the story, not me, Fidel Castro. Don't think of the now, think about the future. The next gen will praise Elon and that will be a stain on Disney. Yeah, we hope, you know, as long, so long as the narrative keeps strong. It's interesting this like, um, 
what happens is, you know, Elon Musk can say everything and we can have like all this live footage of Elon Musk saying go after yourself or whatever. And then the journalists like print a totally different story that puts it in a totally different light. And I'm I always sit and ask myself what that is happening right now is going to exist in the future. Like, how is that story going to be told and in what form? Because if it's like the articles that are being written today that go in our history books, we're, we're done for. Our history books are gonna look wild and it's gonna be full of lies. And I just picture myself as like a grandmother hearing from my grandchildren as they're like going to school, hearing about what they're learning about and just thinking like, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. And they're just gonna view you as like, ah, grandma's just kooky, time to go to bed, grandma, when you're telling them that like, no, they locked us down for, for two years and the kids didn't go to school and they were undereducated and they forced people to get this medical treatment and all this stuff and they're gonna be like, okay, grandma, time for bed. Uh, that <laughs> terrifies me that that is the reality. That yeah, I may be living in. Orwell quote. It's like, he who controls the present controls the past, and he who controls the past controls the future. Yes. Oh. Prescient, we might say. Yeah. <laughs> we had to talk it's about how to pronounce that one too. Prescient. Really, it's scary. Yeah, I, I'm so big on history. I love biographies. I'm listening to a uh, like Viking history podcast right now. And um, anyway, I, I, it scares me to think that you know, just how this chapter of history will be, will be written. Yeah. I like my, my, I'll, whenever I go home with, to visit my grandparents and my mom and sister and all that stuff, we were like watching the news and my grandfather was in the Navy for, you know, decades of his life. And he'll watch some things on the news as they're covering certain military stories. And he'll be like, that's a lie. I was there and that's a lie. Or I witnessed this and that's a <laughs> lie. And just, just to hear it, it's just like, you don't make the connection when you're young. You're just like, oh, okay, whatever, grandpa. But to think about you having to experience that and just the lies that are going to be told in the future is just, it's crazy. 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 Get real books, not ebooks. For real. <laughs> Before Amazon yeah. changes them all. For real. Uh, Celtic Blacksmith says, by the way, Taylor, thanks for smith shaming me the other night. I went out to the shop and got two crucifixes done and a teapot rack attachment for the forge. There you go. We told him, get to work. <laughs> yeah, get back on it. <laughs> <He> did it. <laughs> that sounds so cool. We need to figure out the address thing if we don't have one yet. Set up a oh, PO yes. box so he can send us yeah. some kind of awesome. I always thing. forget the things that I need to do, guys. I need like a list. I need somebody to hold me accountable. <laughs> I love cast iron stuff. Like we have this little thing that commemorates my uh, my wedding date that uh, one of my friends got us, and it's like hanging in our living room. It's like made out of metal. Oh, and it's very cool. My wife came across this like candles holder stick thing but it's like cast iron and it looks super badass mm. so i'm all dope. into that dope. uh sun sumi says disney is just opening an advertising space for their competition it won't last the simple fact is they need to advertise their products yeah that's the thing i we are in the swing of like the alternative economy right now and where people have the money to create alternatives they are doing it now they're not quite matching up just yet but i think they will be and uh, you know, Disney leaves an advertising space soon. It will be filled by people who want to be there. And I think that's what's happening now. Like I've seen people like Tim Pool and Daily Wire Plus and whatever saying in the wake of Disney and Walmart leaving, we'll take advertiser space on X. Now, of course, they're not going to take the same amount of advertiser space on X, but it's, you know, it's a drop in the bucket. And soon the bucket will be full if people continue to realize the problem and turn towards alternatives. Uh, Ashley Jade says, hi, Amla and Taylor, still on the clock, civil engineer over here. So I'll rewatch this live later, but popping my head in to say, I love the show and thanks for the, all the good you both do love from Toronto. You do, can anybody, what does a civil engineer do? 
every time I hear the 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 you know occupation civil engineer, I have no idea what that means. Do you know what that means? Do no, they like not. are they responsible for like city planning and like that's that's roads where my mind stuff? goes. Yeah, like code building codes and stuff like that. Like I picture Mark Brandanowitz from. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the parks and recreation show nice. let <laughs> me know like let me know in the chat job. guys because i'm like what do what do build bridges do? make buildings okay That's what okay gotcha civil engineers bridges and buildings and city such. Building. Okay. okay so we were kind of kind of near the mark on the right track yeah good to know uh ashley jade says hi Amelia taylor still oh i just read that oh my gosh uh tom max says hi i'm an old software engineer in the telecommunication industry i didn't have an account on x until last night i opened a premium account well done hey nice you know yeah support the people who support you guys if you can you know that's that's the thing in this it's economy funny, like the, the blue check used to be this like i'm a an approved member of the elite class and that's why and now it's like the elite class that's anti Elon Musk marks it as a badge of honor not to have a blue check. Right. And getting a blue check now is almost like, hey, dude, I'm I'm supporting the cause. Like I'm, right. I'm all about You're I'm all about free yourself. speech. So yeah. I think I'm gonna pony up and and do it as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm most active on Twitter. I, I don't really use Instagram that much. I need to get better, but uh, nobody sees my tweets, so I might as well pay for a little boost. Yeah, go give go give Taylor a follow on Twitter. <laughs> he does put out he puts out more tweets than I do. So <laughs> I suck at using uh, X or Twitter or whatever. I used to write tweets for you. Yes. I'm like so bad. Guys, I can talk into a mic for like 15 hours straight or whatever. You ask me to write a two sentence tweet. I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) I can't truncate my beliefs into. We just need like an AI transcriber to like put your tweets, your words from the show into into tweets and (laughs) just go through them and schedule them automatically. AI is Uh, our future. Uh, Joy says, let's just change the definition of bud. They did it for a woman. Hey, I guess so. Now it's an all-encompassing, gender-neutral term. Goodness gracious. Jared Richard. I'm going to say Richard because I live in Louisiana and that sounds more like a last name. Jared Richard does not sound like a real name. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Amala, have you seen Jordan Peterson's interview with Matt Reif? Pretty interesting. Maybe worth reacting to on your channel. I did watch it and I just fully anticipated what was going to be said and how the discussion was going to go. And then that's exactly where it went. And I'm very uh, happy that Matt Reif stood his ground and said, I'm telling jokes so you can get over it. And he did not budge whatsoever, which I can uh, deeply uh, appreciate. So kudos to him for doing that. I'm so curious how this affects him in the long term, because all the leftists online are speculating and saying, you've lost the majority of your audience now. His career is going to tank. He's not going to last past the winter. Um, And I don't know that that's true. I, I really don't. Nothing in me believes that that is true or that's going to happen, despite the fact that I'm not really into Matt Reif's comedy or and I don't really it's it's not comedy that is for me. I still think he's going to find an abundance of support with the way that he's handled this entire situation. So we shall see what happens. But, you know, if he does flop, I guess it's it's kind of like the X thing. If uh, if my company goes down in tanks, it's because society is in a really weird place right now and in a sick place right now. It has nothing to do with the actual substance of what he said. Yeah, or it has nothing to do with me or my principles and right. I'm standing by them and living with the consequences. Right. So I think he's handled this as well as he possibly could have. So kudos to, to Matt Reif. Um, yeah, yeah which, even though, like you said, I'm not 
wasn't a huge fan of his. I didn't know who he was before this this thing uh, yeah, emerged, right. and then I watched some of it, and I was like, eh. but I'm actually more apt to give him uh, more of a shot Dude, going yeah. forward. And whoever his publicist slash agent is, who managed to like get him on Jordan Peterson right after this controversy, genius deserves a raise because that's the smartest thing he could have possibly done on from a PR standpoint in mm-hmm. the wake of this. Uh, Tim Tully says, join us in the extreme middle, middle up the Republic or up the middle Republic. Of the, middle of the I'm Republic. Sure I don't know. Is that like a centrist take? We're kind of there. I keep moving my chair up and down. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Center I, vertically as well as horizontally. Right. <laughs> we might, we may all just be joining each other in the middle because I'm kind of over this stuff. I'm over all mm. the back and forth. All the things. Derek Mazur says, first time I caught your show live. Love your content. One of my favorite shows. Oh. Keep up the great work. Thank you. That's very sweet. Very Thanks, kind. Derek. Thanks, Derek. Uh, the Taylor Fan Club, my favorite super Ooh, chatter, love. says, small little fender bender happened outside my window right as Jimmy made that microaggression. His evilness is spreading. Whoa. That's, that's well, why I, I hope guess everyone's it's a butterfly okay. effect or something like that. Dude, that's... You know what happened? I'll tell the story. My uh, former roommate, Risa, best friend, Risa, she, after I moved out of her place, she got a new uh, roommate, whatever. Middle of the night, they hear a loud crash and then a pop outside their apartment. And they check, like, what happened. A, I guess there was a high-speed chase and a truck came barreling down the street, hit the fence that, like, leads into the apartment complex, crashed, and then the driver shot himself. Right outside their what? apartment. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Isn't that insane? That is like, crazy. Like, what are the odds that that happens, like, a few feet away from your front door? Absolutely nuts. Anyways, I don't know why I felt the need to share that, but you said fender bender outside your apartment, and that's immediately what I thought of. Just the wildest things that happen in this city. I mean... You're giving me flashbacks of, one, poop on my doorstep in yeah. Santa Monica apartment, yeah. and then... Two, when I lived in Hollywood during the BLM riots in 2020, they're right outside my apartment building, did not even have to leave it. And I just sat there and watched a shoe store across the street from our building get looted for three nights straight, set on fire, cop cars, sirens all around for days, news helicopters. I'm just like, I'm watching people run out of the store with armfuls of of shoe boxes and then like stopping in front of our apartment building and like trying the shoes on on the sidewalk Dude. in front of our building it was crazy man anyways welcome so, to the city life guys <laughs> gotta love that city life um but i'm very sorry about your traumatizing fender bender that sounds yes. you know thoughts and prayers your way yes <laughs> i'm just kidding I have to <laughs> that. uh Christopher Alcine says even Candace Owens has ads on her channel, which is one of the reasons why I try to support you guys as much as you can. Love your content and stay flexing. Dude, this is like no knock to people who do ads on their shows or whatever, because we understand why they do it, how they have to do it. And there may come a day that we are forced down the pathway of having to do that as well. But I will listen to shows now and it's like you get two minutes of content and then a 60 second ad and then two minutes of content and then a 60 second ad. And it's just like that over and over. I'm like, how are people listening to this? It makes me so frustrated that I end up just turning off listening to it, even though I want to hear what the person has to say. I just can't do it. Yeah. Even with skipping, it's like, I'll skip the ads. I'm like a pro at it because I listen to a ton of podcasts, but it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. We're getting overwhelmed. It feels like we're drowning in it. 
Uh, Haley Hazelwood says, Hey, I've had to, I've tried to have a conversation with my trans brother who is also a father, but he doesn't want to accept that he is a man. He doesn't have dysphoria and I want some advice on how to approach him. Man. Well, I would argue that if he feels as though he's trans, he probably is experiencing gender dysphoria now. To Unless what? it's like an autogynephilia situation or something right. like that. Like, it's just hard to give much advice on right. so small uh, information. I feel but. like they can all give way to the feeling of being incongruent, though, because that's just the general sure. definition. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. There's not much that you can often do in these situations, I feel, other than be there and lead by example and be somebody to lean on when they want to have a discussion or share their own like thoughts and concerns. I'm trying to think of like if I was experiencing this in my family or with a sibling, what would I do about it? Um, because you know they know how you feel, right, about the issue. You can like share resources as they want them but I think the best position you can put yourself in is in a position of support, not in the way of endorsing what they're doing, but in the way of saying, I'm here for you uh, in whatever way you feel you need me in this moment, because guarantee that person is struggling. It's not like a it's not something to be taken like with with pride, although I feel some people do that. It's a struggle. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. And it's, it reminds me of how we talked about with the, the Hunter Schaefer situation. Like you will, you, you know, I say it all the time, but people, it's that old quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And like, you can come at them with all kinds of logic and arguments and, and such, and it's all just going to drive them further away until they know that you care about them, that you love them, that your, you know, your love's not conditional based on them living their life the way that you want them to live it. Yeah. Um, and, but that doesn't also mean that you have to endorse it. So it's a fine line to walk, but I'd err on the side of being loving and, you know, doing everything you can to let them know that like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I only feel so strongly about all this because I love you and err on the side of communicating the love rather than what you're uh, disagreeing with or what you're worried about with them. Yeah. It's unfortunate that like sometimes you have to allow people to make the mistake. Like even you can warn yeah. people like, Hey, you're about to trip right now. Like you're about to fall and you're going to fall flat on your face and they'll go, Oh, well, let me experience. I want to do it anyways. So you kind of have to, to some extent, let people make the mistake and hope that it's not, you know, an enduring pain that they have to deal with. Oh, yeah, all the best in all the best. that situation. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, Ali Love says, did you see that part of Elon's interview about OpenAI and the Sam Altman drama? I did not, but I've been following that kind of like from the outskirts, everything that's happening at OpenAI. It seems like they've made a huge, huge mistake. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn that around in any way, but it seems like a huge win for Microsoft. And uh probably going to be seeing a lot of interesting stuff coming out of Microsoft in the near future. But yeah, I don't follow it all that that closely. I, to be honest, I don't know all that much about OpenAI. All I know is uh, people were pissed about how they treated Sam Altman to the tune of like 700 employees. Yeah, that is that is wild. I will say I've heard Elon talk about like he had a hand in helping found OpenAI, but then left and did not like how it became sort of integrated and in, it came, became for profit and then integrated into the whole, you know, corporate tech world. And mm -hmm. if you ask the chat GPT certain things, it gives you 
you know, narrative approved answers. And uh, I know that they've launched, what is it called? Grok on Twitter or X has its own AI that they're developing. And that does not give you the approved narrative answers. It's much more open source and free speech and everything. So uh, here's to hoping that that uh, grows and that the open AI thing doesn't Uh, because that's even scarier when you get into like the AI we talked about, you know, social media algorithms and advertising, using your data to, you know, control you and manipulate you. And when you get into AI manipulating you, that's even just another layer to this. That is terrifying, but it's good and hopeful to know that we have alternatives. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Tam says 1.9K here and only 700 likes. Don't let Tay cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys, like the stream. Remember to like the stream to show your support of this channel. (laughs) Yeah. Or not like ones to really like beg for engagement and stuff. But No. no, it's... It's, it's a small thing you can do that helps us, I think. You know, I mean, we know we know likes help engagement and lets more people find the video. So, yeah. you know, if it's not too much trouble, yeah, drop a like. Uh, exactly. Ma- Maddie and Hadar says, hi, what are your thoughts on Greta Thunberg? Do you think her influence is positive? Also, which celebrity death was most upsetting for you? Oh, uh, those are two very different questions. Yeah, um, first of all, right on Greta Thunberg, um, I don't know that her... I don't know if I had to do like a net positive or net negative effect, probably say, I don't know. I want to say negative, but like not a high negative thing. Like I do think she's woken up people to taking care of the earth and that's one thing. But I also think she's sold them on like false bills of this whole global warming thing, which is unfortunate because I feel like if we set aside the science behind like global warming and climate and everything and just said, Hey, take, care of the earth that would be a great thing and my boyfriend and I talk about that quite a bit and he's like set aside the global warming part and the science part of it and like all the predictions about being underwater or whatever ask everybody the question should we take care of earth and make that a priority and yes we should so if Greta Thunberg was coming with that message I'd be like hell yeah cool kid like go forward and and spread that uh you know to people who want to listen, but she's not. And she's advocating for things that are absolutely ridiculous in response to the faux problems that she's I, identifying. So that's that sucks. But I can't place all that much b- blame on her because she's she was like an autistic 13-year-old who got taken advantage of by her parents and was shoved into the limelight. How much agency do you have over your own thoughts and actions as a 13-year-old? Virtually none. And it is very similar to like my choices as a young person, as a teenager, which looking back, I didn't know anything about what I was talking about and was just force-fed talking points and, you know, put out in, you know, to, to share them. And I felt like I was making my own decisions. But how much of your own decisions are you really making at that age? And you mix it in with, you know, other things she's got going on. I just feel bad that she's been forced to take on a narrative that she will most likely have to subscribe herself to for the rest of her life. Greta Thunberg is Greta Thunberg for the rest of her life uh, because of the people around her who have influenced her in this way. Yeah, she's like the Jazz Jennings of the climate globalist uh, Klaus Schwab WEF agenda. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, but I get it. And then, you know, we have this topic come up on the show a lot of like pe- children being used in activism. And it makes sense that you feel so strongly about it, given your own background. Yeah. And it's just not, I, I just view it as like, it's not her fault. And it sucks that like, she is now she's bullied a lot and people come after her like my this is a girl on the spectrum like who's just being used for whoever's ends in in this 
greater movement. And if we saw any other kid like that being bullied to the extent that Greta Thunberg is bullied, we would defend them and say that this is not okay. It just sucks that her messaging is so radical. And that's the kind of take that could actually influence somebody. So somebody send this to Greta Thunberg <laughs> and uh, let's have her have the red pill awakening of a lifetime. Right. How awesome would that be? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and not even like to conservative views, just like free thinking. You yeah. know, because we know she just lives in a world of dogma. Yeah, heck yeah. I'm all about taking care of the earth and, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that we do what we can to preserve the place that we're living on. I think that's an awesome message to be sharing with people. It's just the other stuff that she talks about that I'm like, okay, you need to chill. Chill. Just chilling. Just chilling. SM Kala 1 says, I can't believe this clown world that we live in. And I'm so glad I have. Uh, we have you both speaking the truth. Have a wonderful weekend and thank you. Oh, thank you. I hope you guys also have a wonderful weekend. Let me know your weekend plans in the chat down below. I always like to see what you guys are going to be up to in your free time. Hopefully it's free time. Kristen X says, love you both. How do you deal with people on the left who are out of touch with reality? Any advice on how to stay sane in the midst of insanity? Um, you just, you either laugh about it or you just like, you know, just think could have been me, glad it's not me, and that, you know, hopefully one day they will go through their own transitional period of, like, waking up and, and learning new things, and you can only hope that for for people, and you can only hope that they go through their own journey of discovery. So I actually find it, like, quite chill when I hear from people who are, like, extremely leftist, even though sometimes it, like, really deeply irritates me. Other times I'm just listening and I go, oh, okay. You're on your own path, and I can accept that. I was once there, and everything is gonna is gonna work out. Everything's gonna, everything is going to happen as it happens, uh, if that makes sense. Very uh, non-determinist view. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm with you. You can't get too emotionally invested on in it, especially if when someone's thinking is like inside of a box. And this goes for left or right, like or religious or you know, whenever you're not. A free-thinking person who wants to engage in good faith and weigh arguments on the merits and have productive conversations and really explore uh, people's ideas with an open mind and such. And you should still have your beliefs. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have your mind so open that your brain falls out. But, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to relate to people, much less have relationships with people who kind of are, are more rigid in their thinking. And you can only get so emotionally invested in those things. But that doesn't mean you should you know, treating them poorly or adversarially is only going to make life more difficult for both of you and make the world a worse place. So you might as well just, you know, water off a duck's back for as much as they try to uh, trigger you or offend you. And uh, otherwise, just be chilling and and try to represent the side of free thinking or your side, uh, you know, in a in a way that is, uh, you know, going to draw them in rather than push them away. Yep. Oh, we uh, forgot the the second part of somebody's question, or the oh, the celebrity bad. death question. Apparently, I don't. Oh, sorry. I, I'm going to be honest. Nothing came to mind. Uh, uh, celebrity death that was. Per- oh, actually, never mind. I have two two of them that have come to mind. Uh, Cameron Boyce was just devastating, just heart wrenching thing to hear about uh, when he passed away, and not that even I was I was too particularly connected to him as a celebrity. Just like oh, it's so sad when somebody so young and in the midst of their career passes. Uh, so that's one. And for those of you who don't know who that is, he was a Disney Channel star. I think most known for being on Jesse, and I think he passed in his sleep due to some illness that he had. Uh, and then 
when I was, I think, 16, I was living in Florida, not too far from Orlando, and Christina Grimmie, who was a singer slash YouTuber that I followed for quite some time throughout my youth, was killed as she was meeting fans at an event. And that was horrible. Killed by a stalker. How crazy is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That's horrible. Robin Williams stands out to me as Mm -hmm. one. It's just like, you think the guy is just so incredibly unique and talented and, uh, like not just as a comedian, but also as an actor, like just amazing actor and human being. And that, Mm -hmm. uh, that's really sad. And then randomly, I've just finished reading a uh, biography of, this is like kind of totally left field, not even celebrity, but and very old, mm-hmm. but I just finished reading a biography of, of Abraham Lincoln. And mm-hmm. you, it's hard to think that he died a year, hardly a year into his second term as president. So just imagine and like right. how different America would be, how different America would be culturally if he was able to like oversee reconstruction and like inculcate the values that we, we like, who knows how different like the civil rights movement would have looked and how much longer or how much different like Jim Crow that would that have even happened it's just that's one of the biggest like pivot points in history for me as far as like um just the death of of a prominent person and how different things could have been crazy so anyways sorry for my little uh, historical tangent there but (laughs) uh let's see make Michaela Peace says, I love this show. It's 2.52 in Denver. So glad I finally caught y'all. Oh, uh, thoughts on the student in Kansas that called the fellow student the N-word, which then started a physical altercation. Both wrong, in my opinion. I did not hear about this story. I have no idea. But yeah, I just let's try not to call people the N-word, at least in a negative fashion. And uh, let's try also not to fight people in response to words that they say. Just generally, sounds like a provocation and a response. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, yikes! But thank you for watching from Denver. Yeah, Uh, legitly spelunking says caught my first live. I work as a server, so can't listen on shift, but love to have you on when I'm doing chores at home. Keep doing what you do. Awesome! Thank you so much. Appreciate you. I hear spelunking is a dangerous hobby, so uh, it does sound I, dangerous. I hope you be careful out there. Yes. Um, and do you listen to us while spelunking? That would be <laughs> can an interesting. You, can you listen thing. to us while spelunking? I don't know. I feel like it'd be something you need to really be focused on. <laughs> <laughs> D. Holland says, "Haha, going to the internet for help is like looking for a sandwich at the city dump." Yeah, I mean, but we have to think about like what what's being like nurtured today, like. Kids born now who are just like immediately handed iPads and iPhones and stuff, they're going to know no other way than like going to the Internet for validation and stuff. So I always try to keep that context in mind. I might personally view it as like an ill-advised thing to do and recognize that it's not the thing to be doing. But with that being said, now that it's happening, what is the proper response when people do that? And it's obviously not bullying, which you can't run away from on the Internet. It's everywhere. There's no matter what you do. You're going to get bullied on the internet, so not for the weak-hearted, weak-minded, I guess. No, indeed. Uh, Kristen X says, Amalyn Taylor, what has been your favorite topic you've discussed on the channel so far this year? Oh, my gosh. My favorite topic I've discussed on the channel so far? I don't know. Um, Anything gender-related, I'm always, like, super super into, of course, and always just sparks something for me, because mainly because I just think it's so intriguing and interesting interesting that this is like a new phenomenon that we're dealing with and on such a large scale and it makes me just think a lot of different things but yeah 
I guess that's my my choice. Bender. I don't know. I'm like, I'm looking back at some thumbnails of like, what have we been talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe the J.K. Rowling stuff, okay. and Solid. I don't know. That's I'm a Harry Potter fan, anyways, and uh, it's cool to see that someone who's responsible for one of the most enduring, what's going to be one of the most enduring and and successful works of literature in the modern history. Uh, is on the right side of things, at least when it comes to standing up for principles and and the gender debate, which I guess that's (laughs) tangentially the gender as well. So um, (laughs) I guess I'm with Amal. One of these days I'm going to drop like a six-hour video essay about Hunger Games, and that'll be the most uh, important thing I've ever ever done. That'll be the most favorite thing I've ever talked about. Uh, Sandy G says, I appreciate that you both speak your minds genuinely and empathetically. It's hard to listen to commentators that purposefully ruffle feathers. Yeah, it irritates me so much. Like when you can watch something and you can just tell the person is being incendiary for the sake of being incendiary or that they're just a mean spirited person to their core. And I don't think that that's acknowledged enough because it makes for good tv right it's interesting to like listen to somebody go after another person and to like beat them down and you know to each their own in in that respect but when it gets repackaged as like being compassionate or doing the right thing it really messes with me so i avoid that at all costs and i get that that, that's content for some people and it changes minds and it influences people it's just not it's not for me same uh Alibha Kaplis says, this is my first live sending love from Ireland. Ooh, very cool. I hear you guys have some issues going on over there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but thank you for joining uh, the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening all the way from Ireland. Uh, let's see, uh, Kristen X. Oh, we answered this, but I'll read it anyways. Uh, oh, one last one. Amelie Taylor, what did your Spotify wrapped look like for this year? What were your most played artists? Yeah, we got, what did I say? SZA, The 1975, Doja Cat, Pink Pantheress, and Kendrick Lamar. And, you know, I'm happy with that wrapped. I, I always think The 1975 is going to be number one on there, uh, but they never are, which is just always a surprise, always a shock. Gotta <laughs> pick up your fan. You're going, you're going to see him in person too often. <laughs> I know. You don't have That's to listen the problem. to them yeah, yeah. on Spotify. <laughs> uh, Bonnie Enwia says, happy Thanksgiving story for you. Um, my uncle, 60s, and I, my 30s, were chatting at the Thanksgiving table, and he brought up your podcast. I was so excited that he knew about you, and we had a great time chatting on how great you are. Oh, that is so sweet. Oh, my goodness. That is so, uh, so very kind and sweet. And tell him that I say hi. Uh, Thank you guys for discussing that at at Thanksgiving. Sometimes this happens to me, guys. And I don't know, like, this is new for me in life that, like, people know who I am because they've listened to my thoughts, which is just insane to me. Like, my boyfriend will... uh, maybe he'll talk to a friend that he hasn't talked to in a while or he lives in a different country or whatever and they'll be like oh what's up do you have a girlfriend and he's like yeah you know this girl Amala and then they know who I am which is just <laughs> it blows my mind to I don't even know I can't even describe it so that that's just crazy to me and that's why I love hearing like where are you guys working what are you guys doing when you're watching the show because it just is so insane to me that a person is listening right now <laughs> Yeah, you've had like airplane pilots and delivery drivers and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Just be like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah. love your show. It's so weird. That it's is so wild. awesome. Uh, Sun Sumi sends another super chat, but no message. But thank you very much. 
uh, RP Awareness Month says, Taylor, you should play the Conor McGregor apologize quote. Amala, um, tell me that's not the best quote, unapologetic quote ever. Uh, it uh, is. Take notes, King. Stay humble. <laughs> it is. We used to do, like, we did a Conor McGregor opening for something back in the day when the show was unapologetic. It was a, our, the announcement of the old show, yes. unapologetic, as it was called. Yes. Um, we did an ad that was like, Amala's um, like, guys, I just said this, would like to take this moment to apologize. To absolutely, to absolutely nobody. <laughs> so yeah, I can I can appreciate the energy to some extent, but you know, in other ways, he rubs me the wrong way. I much prefer a, a Nate Diaz over a Conor McGregor. Hey, co- they're like Coke or Pepsi. Just give me both, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brock GN two says. You could probably introduce a Patreon voted topic segment on the podcast. You pick the topic options and patrons vote. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I've been having you guys like on all the patrons will tell me like guests they want to have on. You guys voted for my Halloween costume. I want to do some more interactive stuff on Patreon because we already do so much content on the channel. I don't know if that the patrons want like extra content. You guys can really let me know. Um, maybe I'll do a post on Patreon today that's like, what do you guys want as patrons? And we can sort of curate that for the people who sign up. And yeah, if you would like to become a member on Patreon, our lowest tier is a dollar because we respect you guys and we want to keep things like cheap and we understand what the economy is like right now and how people are living. So if you do want to become a Patreon, there's different tiers, but you can sign up for just a dollar and get access to like voting rights on the show and maybe some extra content if that's what you guys want. But for the most part, just, you know, supporting the message of the channel and having a little community. And I just dropped the Patreon link in the chat if you guys want it and i also see i'm sorry about the discord link guys i've replaced it a few times but i don't know i don't know if they um, expire or like what, what the deal what the is, dealio is. What the yeah deal is. just posted another discord link in the chat though as well Try it out, uh man. let's see um brock we we just read that one rp awareness month says amala you need some bad bunny romeo or carol g in your spotify music list <laughs> and you like that demonic Doja Cat music, Amala? I love Doja Cat, um, and I'm not sold on this whole like. Well, obviously, I'm not. I'm not a religious person, so I'm often not sold on the antithesis of that, uh, which I think a lot of artists just do for like shock value and things. Even even so, I can say I don't necessarily appreciate it, but separate it from the actual art that's being created by the artist, and I don't think I'm being possessed by the music I listen to, but you guys can let me know <laughs> if that's the case. I do like Doja Cat. Fun fact, Doja Cat's name is Amala, which never in my life have I ever met another Amala or heard of somebody with the name Amala. And Doja Cat happens to be another biracial female whose name is Amala. So it's kind of cool. What are the odds? So I'll uh, overlook the demonic possession because we have the same name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as the demon has the same name as you, it's fine. Exactly. Um, he also uh, asked what my favorite reggaeton song is, and I don't know. Reggaeton. I mean, the only one I can think of is the Dame Mas Gasolina one. So maybe I think that... Is that Bad Bunny? No, I think that's something else. Anyways. Does that count? The one that goes... Is that reggaeton? That one. Just kidding. They all sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kristen X says, Amla, do you still keep in touch with any of the people you worked at with PragerU? Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've got our friends at PragerU. We had our little crew. Uh, I always shout out Sabrina. 
which if you guys don't follow her online, Sabrina Cosmos, you can find her on my uh, my Instagram. Go follow her. She's a she's a meme god on <laughs> on Instagram. Great memes if you if you are at all interested yeah. in reality TV and, and uh, what the Real Housewives. Bravo. <laughs> she loves stuff. Bravo. <laughs> she's all over at mom stuff. Uh, she's our pop she's... culture consultant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sumi again says, uh, "I don't know any 1975 jokes. I only know." about being funny in a foreign language. Ha, that's a good one. That's the name of their album. So that is hilarious. Oh, okay. That's very clever. I thought it was a reference to his name, Sun Sumi. Oh, no, that is the 1975 album. So you are very clever indeed. Well done. (laughs) Um, D. Holland says, I'm not sure who said it, but one of my favorite quotes is, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Yup. Yup. I feel that's, like that's one of those unattributed quotes. That's just yeah, like, like just who who did that come from? A good. We know yeah. not. We know not who that came from, but it is good. But it rings true. Uh, SM Kala one says, "Just had to ask: Tis the season? Are you ready and have your plans set? Love the show and glad I caught it live. Also, thank you both for everything." Yeah, thank you. We are uh, hopefully, I think, spending it with our families. I'm going to be going to Florida for my holidays and stuff, and then I'm also going to be like in my head, I'm like, I need to do something old school. I need to put together little holiday baskets for my neighbors because that used to be a thing that we did in our culture now you don't even know who your neighbors are so i'm gonna put together some little holiday baskets sometime this month drop them off at my neighbor's door that's a plan that i have uh and then gonna go see my grandparents my mom my sister my brother and i think my brother's girlfriend is coming to christmas we're gonna meet her for the first time so a lot of big things are happening over here then you're gonna (laughs) put her on blast if you don't like her give her girlfriend rating on the show I'm i'm sure i'll love her just kidding. Uh, that's cool. I think I'm going to Oklahoma to see my parents. Um, it's kind of weird. You know how when you get married, you spend one year at Thanksgiving with your relatives and then the, the next year with your wife's relatives. Well, right. we're like our families are on the same schedule. So I have the last few years just not been able to be with my family on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, but we're flipping next year. But uh, this year we had uh, Christmas just basically ourselves so i'm just gonna go see my parents nice <laughs> so it's gonna be great it's good um chris wildfire says are you going to talk about screen uh are you going to talk about it scream seven firings used to say retarded a lot trying to stop is hard i hate brown nosing keep up your integrity <laughs> trying a lot to stop on is hard <laughs> <laughs> what is I scream seven firings? i think it's scream seven the movie I don't know anything yeah. about firings that are happening on that movie, but uh, oh, I think some. I think I saw something on Twitter about that. Like some actors were going to be in it, and then they are no longer going to be in it. But I don't know why. I don't know nothing about all that, but I maybe I'll have to look into it if it's uh, if it's something that uh, is in reference to anything we talk about on the show. But yes, keep keep trying not to say mean words. That's a good <laughs> yeah. thing. As long as yeah, y'all keep making me say the intent. It's about the intent. It's about the intent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Karis. Battenfield says hello from the UK. UK. Uh, glad to have glad to have made a live, and I love listening to your videos each day. Keep up the fab work. Oh, thank you guys so much. You guys give me so much love. I appreciate y'all. Wesley Hickey just sent a super chat. No message. Thank you. Oh, here is a message. I'm oh. sorry. I sent a second super chat. Uh, hello from Yukon, Canada. Uh, Russia Today made a documentary about detransitioners years ago. 
I want my gender back. Uh, would you consider watching and reacting to it? Yeah, I would consider it. As long you know, if, if you find stuff that's a topic that's up the alley of this channel, we will uh, we'll check it out and see if it's worth uh, platforming. Uh, Kristen X says, would you ever consider doing live fan meets or Q&A events across the U.S. as long as it's all safe and secure? Yeah, that's the thing. It has to be safe and secure. And it does take a lot to do uh, those things. And we're a two-person team, guys. So uh, we we hope to do stuff like that. But, of course, it does need to be safe. We do not need to find the right space, the right location. And it, it takes a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes work to make one event like that take place but no, never say never never We're, say never we this is all new from like the, our new transition being independent the last few months and we're just now starting to talk about new creative stuff we can do next year right and so you know it could be in the cards in the future it's definitely something i would love to to see happen or do a live mm -hmm. show somewhere it'd be awesome would be um Let's see. Emily M says, considering that Doja Cat's name is also Amala Taylor, what's your thoughts on Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Love her. Uh, fun Love fact. Taylor's so fun. I, well, I don't, I don't know how to say this. I, what, I'm from Hendersonville, Tennessee, lived in Hendersonville, Tennessee for a few years, should have gone to Hendersonville High School in the same year as Taylor Swift. But uh, my, my brother was in high school with her at the same time. The girl I was dating at the time was in the same like graduating class as her and had some hmm. different like interactions with her. I went to her uh, high school talent show uh, her junior year and she played just before a friend of mine who is now on another popular band plays keys for them. Um, but uh, he always says that Taylor Swift opened for me one time. So, <laughs> so that's, that's my funny. fun connection. Besides that, I actually never have listened to her music at all. Uh, besides like what you hear residually just like in the culture or at the gym or whatever. Right. Um, so I can barely name songs from her and I'm not really, uh, not really anti Taylor Swift. No, I kind of get it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of white girls love her. That's, that's fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know. That's that's my feelings on it. Dude, she's going to have like a class at Harvard now. They're doing a class on Taylor Swift songs at Harvard University. So that's wild. Super. Yeah. Interesting. The state of things. Uh, British Rogue says been having an argument with someone on someone online all day that the word cis is a slur against normal people. It's exhausting. PSU2 equals great, by the way. Yeah, I guess the slur is uh, subjective, really. So that's going to be an argument that no one will ever win. I just want to give you advice to maybe back out of that argument because it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> no, indeed. Uh, Joy says, love the denim jacket, by the way, Amala. And thank I think you. that is our last one for today. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Guys, thank you so much for watching. We always love having you here. We love chilling with you guys, talking about some trending topics. Today, we covered Elon Musk saying, go F yourself to the advertisers that don't want to be on X, as well as Hunter Schaefer being called Bud on Jimmy Fallon and going through her own self-exploration in regard to her transition. Did we get the win on that one? No, we took an L. Uh, but <laughs> hopefully more and more people talk about that now and we open up the discussion in regard to that. But... Nonetheless, at least we had it today. Guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, leave comments down below after this stream ends. How do you feel about the different uh, subjects we discussed today? 
If you disagree with me, duke it out, but do so respectfully. And as always, like this video if you liked it, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is 24 questions that black people have for white people. And as somebody who is both white and black, I'm going to try to answer those 24 questions for you within the allotted time. <laughs> and you guys can check that out. It'll be coming out tomorrow morning, and I'm excited for you to see it. Thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you next time. Bye, guys.